Oh, if we could only come to the place of all-out commitment, we could turn the world upside down and start a counter-revolution, a spiritual revolution with love instead of hate and prejudice, following the Christian flag until Christ is known around the world. What do you think about when you hear the word Christianity? When you really think about it, do you think small-town churches on every corner with a preacher that is like family to their members, Sundays spent around church, gather around the same people that you're always gathered around? Or do you think large corporate companies, education, politics, Christian organizations? Well, of course you think about the small-town churches. What would Christianity have to do with big corporation anyway? Isn't there a separation in church and state? What would big corporations want to get involved in religion for anyway? Well, I'm here to actually tell you that they are very interrelated. I'm JT Cooley, and this is podcast number three. My college training for the ministry, I was instructed repeatedly, religion and politics do not mix. Uh, The premise, I suppose, theologically was that uh, ideally, if we meet the spiritual needs of society, we automatically, as a side benefit, cure the political and social ills. Idealistically, that's, um, that's a correct premise. The distinction between the populist evangelicals and the cosmopolitan evangelicals is crucial in understanding the Christian right. And understanding the Christian right purely based on media coverage will give you the populist side of the movement, while the cosmopolitan side, on the other hand, while being arguably just as impactful, functions behind the scenes in more corporate realms. While the populist sect of Christianity may choose to manifest in a large rally, speak their views loudly and boldly, and shoulder most of the publicity of the Christian right, the cosmopolitan might choose to climb the corporate ladder or get involved in an organization of the Christian right on a more larger, larger mobile front. Both sides are necessary to shape the various sectors of our society, and although they might be at odds on the approach, Their faith and beliefs ultimately unify them in their goals. Both the populist and the cosmopolitan must be examined when exercising who and what the Christian right is in America. The cosmopolitan elite of the Christian right differ from its large following, cattle herd-like members, but there is also much relation between the two. In particular, we discussed in class how the Christian right's design placement of its members among the elite influences course of political events, education, and discourse, as well as whether those individuals' presence or absence of action and motive has any influence at all. As we saw in the Lindsay readings, Christians began to feel ostracized not only by their powerful predecessors, but also the media as well. The portrayal of the populist Christianity or Christian right was beginning to take a toll on their faith. Also seen in the Lindsay book, we have seen evangelicals hold themselves to a higher standard than those who don't practice faith. Perhaps also this is because the Bible doesn't talk specifically about the broader artistic world that's deemed acceptable and what's not. So evangelicals are more disapproving or in a strict way. This may also have a lot to do with evangelicals see these large, powerful corporations with the power of change and that they might seem in a positive light. They chose to do more for Christianity as a whole. On one hand, their populist evangelical identity has allowed them to ascend to their current role. But many Christian elite, those in positions of power, consider their religion as a sort of baggage that weighs them down and tend to feel inclined about separating themselves from the others. We discussed the potential merits of having evangelicals in those positions 
they don't act meaningfully different than non-evangelicals, and how that affects the large majority of Christians following them for guidance in their faith. We often see this in evangelical-run businesses that are most successful when they put forward half measures that can still appeal to broader demographics, such as companies as Chick-fil-A. Additionally, simply having evangelicals in position of power helps normalize when can- candidates in their political sphere come to power. As the kind of 1970s, a uh, decision was made to target uh, a prominent, skilled religious communicator to see if he would start moving people into political participation. That is when we began talking to various persons about forming some kind of entity. We have seen that even though some of these Christian elites may see this immediately publicized version of Christianity as baggage, that they are quite keen at creating organizations and movements to mobilize this portion of evangelicals. For instance, in Barry Goldwater's 1960s campaign, Presidential Run, which turned out to be a complete disaster, uh, was very successful in organizing the grassroots movement that he catalyzed as the first time evangelicals really mobilized together. Also, in later years, we saw Jerry Falwell's moral majority. He was able to mobilize evangelicals for political and educational regions and helped Ronald Reagan get elected, also start evangelical schools across the country. It appears to be a very thin balancing act that these two portions of Christianity coincide together. values activists who used to be traditional values believers but were not activists before made the determination as to which party they were going to affiliate with and it was clear that the republican party was the party that was most hospitable to them and there were people like me out there working to recruit them over the life of the christian right we have seen the galvanizing of the christian right of the grassroots and the elite structures how they each interdependently organized the movement, and the mobility of the Christian right throughout political, educational, and societal gain. You've been listening to an episode of Transforming America, a podcast about the religious right, its origins, people, ideas, and the way it's changed the political and social lives of all of us. Transforming America is produced by Lehigh University students working together to understand the Christian right and share it with you in short episodes like this. Please join us on this journey. Subscribe to Transforming America so you don't miss the dozens of other episodes in this series.